So yeah, no, there's been some unusual, unusual skis, but but I do like to stick to the range which I've kind of perfected over the years because um, it gives complete confidence in uh, in what what it what it will actually ski like at the end of the day. things I find fascinating are the characteristics behind many different brands. Some of them are outgoing and energetic, some of them are a little bit more laid back. So in this podcast, we look to explore all the different characteristics, not only of the brand itself, its roots, its origins, but the people behind the brand. And is there a bit of a relationship between the characters of the people and the characters of the brand? Before we crack on with this episode, I wonder if you could head over to the sportspodcastaward.com. That's sportspodcastaward.com, where Legends of the Brand has been nominated for Best Winter Sports Podcast. If you head over there, you can register and your support can help us get to the top of the leaderboard. Voting closes at the beginning of March, so if you head over there now, that'd be greatly appreciated. Now, on with the show. Well, good afternoon, good morning, and welcome wherever you are, and welcome to this episode of Legends of the Brand. And today, I'm really excited and stoked to share with you my friend, Rupert Gammond from PFD Ski. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you, Phil. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries. Well, I'm rather excited because, you know, we've got a history, but we've obviously been connected for a number of years. And I was so excited when we did connect a few years ago because... You're known for not only your your skiing and that, but you make your own skis, which we'll get to in a few minutes. But you know, through through the way the world turns, it's taken us a little bit, but we finally have you on the program. So thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Yeah. So for for people who don't know where you are uh, physically, where are you? You're obviously you're in the UK right now. Is that correct? I'm not actually. Believe it or not, I'm in Sweden. So I'm in the south of Sweden, near Gothenburg, on the on the coast. And yeah, I'm currently here and backwards and forth between here and the UK. So yeah, two different destinations at the moment. Nice. So you're so you're in Sweden. So uh, when it comes to the Olympics, because we're kind of in the Olympic period right now, which mm. which uh, which team are we are we waving for? Which which team are we uh, waving well, for? Yeah, GB is is my home. So I'm yeah. It's although although we're based here at, at the moment. Yeah, England's is definitely our, our home uh, spot. So um, yeah. Well, see, you can wave both flags. It's kind of like me, you know. Kind of yeah, like, no, sometimes, true. Sometimes yeah. I wave the Canadian flag. You know, when it comes to hockey, yeah. I wave the Canadian flag. You know, mind you, you know, because is your your family originally from Sweden? Or well, what's we, your my partner there? is Swedish, so, so yeah, yeah, and I'd say my children are more Swedish, Swedish and uh, English at the moment because we spend uh, a large part of time here. So yeah, it's um, yeah, we got there any um. Uh, one and a half and two and a half and they they speak Swedish and English so they're uh, very uh, multilingual wow and do you speak squ- uh, Swedish <laughs> do you speak uh, Swedish well, a bit, yeah no very little at the moment I understand and yeah I'm not uh, I, I couldn't put myself down to you know to say be fluent by any means no so you're currently up in Sweden and have you had the chance to get out and do any skiing yet this year? Not yet, uh, but uh, we, we plan to have a busy um, March and end of season. So in the coming weeks, my partner and I will uh, get the night train up, up north to, to Aura for a weekend. And yeah, and I'll be out in the French Alps a lot towards the end of the season. So yeah, it's been, uh, it's been quiet on the skiing front so far, but we will be, we'll be doing, making the most of the, the end of the winter. So. Oh, that's wicked. Well, uh, I'm not jealous at all. So, and uh, say, oh. we'll, 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 I imagine you'll be taking out some some PFD skis, which we'll get to that in a second. But <clears> so, <throat> obviously, you're currently in Sweden, but you grew up in England. Is that correct? 
Yeah. So yeah, grew, grew up in England, spent a lot of time in the French Alps doing winter seasons. So after finishing uni, lived out in, in Alpe d'Huez in, in, in France for seven seven winters. And then after after doing seasons, my partner and I have been living in the UK majority of the time. And, and we're backwards and forth at the moment between Sweden and the UK. So complex, but but all good. Oh, that's fantastic. And when you were growing up then, did you, were your family very sporty then? Did you, is that how you kind of fell in love with skiing, going to the Alps and everything like that? Is that, I mean, mm. is that what drew you to the Alps? No, actually my, my family are sporty, but not skiers. My brother is, but my parents didn't, we didn't grow up skiing. So um, we learned to, I learned to ski at an, a later age and it was, it was through school. So um, through high school, maybe 13, 14 years old, school trips on the coach to Austria. And that's where the, the kind of bug started. Yeah. And, you know, just absolutely loved it. So it began there. My parents got dragged into skiing at a later age by myself. So uh, <laughs> kicking and screaming, when you bring them in. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor people. Yeah. They, yeah, they, they, they love the, the mountain environment from, you know, coming to visit, um, Myself and I was living out in France, so you know my dad at the late late sixties, early seventies, getting strapped to skis for the first time. Yeah, we I put them through their paces, I think, a little bit. <laughs> That's um, wonderful. So, I mean, obviously, you, in a couple of weeks' time, you mentioned you were going to be heading uh, north to Aura to go uh, skiing, which would be fantastic. Uh, but if you could snap your fingers and go skiing anywhere right now, where where would you want to go? Yeah, well, to be honest, Phil, I'll be happy. I'll be happy anywhere with a bit of powder. But the yeah, on the on the top of the list would be somewhere like Alaska, I suppose. It's always been a dream, you know, from the movies and from stories of, of friends and contacts who have skied in, the, in the, that that environment. Is yeah, Alaska would be high on high on the list. Yeah, <laughs> I say I'm happy to come and carry your skis if you like. I'm happy to, to, to yeah. help you. With that. Well, as I said, I'll be happy. I'd be happy just just. A powder day anywhere at the moment would be great after the, after 18 months of no skiing. So, uh, yeah. I, I put ski boots on the other day and uh, I was walking. I was kind of, <laughs> it really made me chuckle because, you know, we, we, we obviously go through phases of being ski fit and everything like that. I put some ski boots on, kind of like, these feel really heavy. I'm like, I'm not used to these <laughs> compared to my flip-flops, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. um, so in terms of, of a place like Alaska and some of those rather exotic places, you've actually, you've skied in some pretty cool places and you've done, you mentioned movies and that sort of stuff, but you've also done a lot of photo shoots. So I was wondering for people who don't know about you and your background, could you perhaps share some of the stories of the fact that you, you've done some photo shoots? Perhaps we've, we've, uh, you've been in front and behind the camera and uh, maybe people have seen you in ads and that sort of thing. Well, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, a little bit of, of, Ski modeling, um, you know, it's, I've been lucky enough to, to work with a very good friend, Ross Woodall, who you, you know, and has been on your podcast. And yeah, we've, I'm, I help him as an assistant on, on a lot of shoots and sometimes end up on the other side of the camera doing some ski modeling. But yeah, it's, um, it's a great way of, of working, being in the, in the mountains, which we love and exploring and going to different desks destinations which I possibly wouldn't have went to so yeah I um we he's an amazing photographer I lug his gear around help set things up and we well he creates magic and yeah it's it's a great great way of, of getting to do to be in the mountains work go to different places be with some other amazing companies and and great skiers you know meeting contacts um and yeah it's it's 
I wouldn't say um, ski modeling is, I, I've done quite a bit for PFD and, and for a few few companies, but yeah, my, my style and, and height, I think there's, there's better, uh, better skiers out there for the job, but yeah, I, I do, do occasionally pull it off. <laughs> That's really, but the, you know, the fact that you at least you get to go do these things is, is rather, rather exciting and perhaps, you know, it, it beats perhaps a, a quote unquote an office job, but in terms of locations, <clears throat> locations that you've been, what would be the most exotic or most memorable that you've actually ever been either behind or in front of the camera? Okay. Um, yeah, it's, there's, there's been some, you know, great places, even just you know sometimes it's it can be just the you know maybe not the most crazy environment you know I, but 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 even resorts like Le Clouse in France where we I remember having you know beautiful sunsets and staying on the top of the mountain to the very end of the day Ross creating great images where it's it's just magical sunlight nobody around so you know there's some there's been some really special moments and you know you you step back and you think well you know it, it isn't you know it isn't on a, a bad way of earning uh, a living and and it's it's pretty special to be there you know we've been fortunate to go to places uh, like canada to and done heli skiing where where you know that's it's pretty pretty wild and and it's 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 fab and uh I, you know, if, if I get the chance to, to like, particularly when we're doing heli skiing, get to ski and be in front of the, the camera, then, then yeah, it's, it's not the kind of thing I get to do every day. And it's, it's pretty special. So uh, no, re- really enjoyable. It's a very yeah. exciting, very exciting yeah. type of thing. <laughs> Even if I am lugging around a few camera lenses in the back of the bag and yeah, hopping off things and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's good fun. So when Ross says to everybody that it, it's a lot of hard work for him, he's actually, what he's saying is it's a lot of hard work for you and he just, just makes it look pretty. Yeah, you know, I think there's, uh, there's, a, there's a good reason why we work well together and that's because I, I'm a good enough skier to get around the whole mountain in, in whatever conditions. And, you know, I might have a backpack full of battery lenses which are battery packs and for flashes which are like car batteries and strapped to the front of me and strapped to the back of me and, and we're tragic you know we're in places which you 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 know off the beaten track and yeah it's it takes a bit of it's yeah you need to you need to be able to to get there and we, we work well together so it's you know the end result at the end of the day when you're when you're back in the hotel and and you're looking at what ross has created it's uh it's it's pretty cool yeah now, obviously, you you ski and he snowboards, which is, which, which, I mean, it's kind of like cats and dogs, but I mean, you guys still get along, which, which is fantastic. But, <laughs> but he obviously is, is, well, not obviously, but he's using one of your snowboards, I think, in, in a few things. So if we dive into PFD and what it is, and uh, so I'm really curious because, you know, you've obviously gone and started your own brand of skis and ski manufacturing. What drove you to want to start your own ski manufacturing company? it's it's pretty yeah it's pretty mad really to to attempt it from the beginning and it's definitely had its challenges but it was really just the drive of um the challenge of creating a product which i i i knew or wanted to do i have i've got a background in product design that's what i studied so i i knew that i 
that it was possible. I didn't realize how hard at the time, but but the the the, the drive was was the challenge of creating the, the kind of skis which which I which I wanted to ski on. And yeah, the, there wasn't that particular sort of design in terms of yeah, it didn't tick all the boxes which was was available on the market, but you know, but it was but it was also yeah, it was also the challenge of creating the kind of the vision of ski what I, what I wanted to create and yeah. The challenge of doing it. Yeah. I was wondering if we could just unpack that a little bit. So, you know, having the opportunity to, I guess, try a number of different products out there and, you know, you had um, thin skis, fat skis, everything like that. And you've obviously come up with a shape and, and a style that you, you like. What was it that drove you to that particular style and shape versus, you know, let's be honest, you know, there, there's some fantastic brands out there making some wonderful mm. products of all different shapes and sizes. But I'm quite curious that there wasn't one ski or model that, as you say, ticked all the boxes. What was it that you were looking for in, in a product that you, you couldn't find? <clears throat> Yeah, it's a good question. You know, like you say, there there are amazing skis. There was then, and there are now. And but yeah, I I had like an idea of the the time. I didn't I didn't. It wasn't necessarily that I wanted to create a brand of of a huge amount uh, of skis, but but I had an idea of of a specific model I wanted to create, and that that model is the Big Mountain Charger, which are currently it was the the first design, and it's still the main one of the main skis now. And and it was it was the this the design itself, you know, the 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 size, the the kind of way in which it would ski. The it's it's a charging ski. It's a free ride specific ski. But it was and you're right. There were, there's there's lots of different skis out there. Some amazing skis. But I also wanted to combine the the performance with an element of like natural materials, which reflected the the type of skiing which I love doing and people my friends love doing. And that was bringing in you know more of a lot of bamboo, which is within the ski, and yeah, a natural side to things, which complemented the free ride environment. So, so it was it was mixing both a high performing free ride ski and bringing in more natural material to reflect the kind of skiing and and the environment it's they were designed for. But, you know, the, there's there were skis at the time which I skied on before I started building building skis, and yeah, I was, I was I was very happy with the performance. So I can't I can't say it was it was entirely performance driven but it was getting this combination of of one performance and also two bringing in these materials which i felt were um were would would really reflect and benefit the kind of the feel and the way in which the skis and pfd skis do ski now so yeah and when you take a look at the, obviously the skis themselves, you've mentioned bamboo a couple of times, and that's one of the, the key components. So for people who aren't necessarily aware of how, um, let's just, how traditional ski is made, perhaps could you walk us through how a traditional ski is made and, and contrast that to how you make your skis? Yeah, well, you know, a lot of the mass market skis are, they're, they're, they're made with a similar sort of layer, but so you would have your, your, base material, your P-Tex, your edge, um, a, a reinforcement layer, whether it's fiberglass, and then a core, lots of different options with cores, so many different woods, different different layups of, of woods to, to create the right flex. You might have 
you might have met, uh, metal in the skin then plastic top sheets so it's all it's all built up on different layers and yeah pfd has, has the same sort of approach in terms of building up these different layers of skis you know but bamboo plays a big part so around 70 percent of the ski is bamboo it's the, the full core is bamboo and then also the top sheet is a a source you know it's yeah as you're aware the price tag of pfd skis is 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 uh, more expensive than a regular ski but but it's purely down to the well very much the labor intensiveness of the skis but also there's no expense spared to to the materials which are put into it so the, the base and edge are source extra thick to 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 tackle the free ride environment and make a longer lasting ski the bamboo and also i use flax and carbon weave which is um quite a specialist material which is adds the strength but dampening and then and then the bamboo veneer top sheet so it's it's it creates a ski which is um which looks beautiful but also performs very to a high level very high performing and and lasts so the bamboo top sheet will will get scratched and scuffed you know they're war wounds of of great days on the hill you get uh, a touch-up kit with your skis so the, you can any nasty scratches can be touched up at the end of the season. They're they're a, they're a warm, beautiful ski which really yeah reflects that kind of well nature and where they where, where they're supposed to be. Um, you know, so uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Well, I mean, we'll put links on on the uh, on the podcast. You go to the website and have looking. You can actually see the skis themselves. So. The, in terms of, of going through the process of making a pair of skis, I mean, I've been fortunate enough to, to skis made. I haven't had a chance to go to the PFD factory yet or uh, showroom or uh, <laughs> office. Or... I wouldn't know. I'd say glorified shed. Um, huge work, huge, yeah, workshop. Um, yeah. We'll go for a yeah. um, But what I was going to say is, you know, skis, you know, the majority of uh, the production of a ski is, is done by hand. It's all done with, you know, as you say, layering up the different products, putting them in massive presses, you know, using, you know, heat and weight and, and, you know, glues and bonding and everything like that. So it's not, it's not a small undertaking. So, you know, if we were to go and down to the, the the supermarket and go get the components to build a cake. Those are quite straightforward. You can find that find out how to make a cake online. Yeah. But for somebody who wants to go and make skis, where do you start? <laughs> like, where do you start first of all to get the parts and you know just yeah. putting it all together? I mean, how, how did that even come about? Well, it's yeah, it's building up relationships with different suppliers. You know, I've been lucky as well because. People in general have taken a good, yeah, they, they, they find it interesting to what, what I'm doing. So they're willing to help out. You know, sometimes it's not so easy to, to get supplies as a small company because, you know, PFD only produces a small quantity of um, skis and snowboards each year. So, but when you're doing something a bit different and a bit special, then, then people seem to go out their way and, and help you out. Not always, but, but I've had, you know, I've got good contacts and, you know, the materials come from different places. Yeah, it's, it's building up research, finding, finding out where, what the best, uh, the, the materials which, we've, which I've used have not always stayed. The core materials, the bamboo has been number one, but you know, reinforcement um, layers have changed and I find different, different materials and different suppliers. So it's, it's a bit of a journey and that that's uh, slightly changed over, 
well, the last 10 years. So yeah, research and, and kind of, yeah, always striving to find, you know, tweak and make a little bit better. And then that will change the, the kind of supply chain slightly. So, um, yeah. <laughs> and when you make a pair of skis, how long, uh, well, two questions. One is uh, how long does it take you, take you to make a pair of skis and how many pairs of skis, you know, do you make, do you make a year or and at a time? Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very different uh, depending on the year, time of year. I, and, and I have tried to change uh, the way in which I produce the skis because um, it's in the past, everything was made to order. And, and I like that way of working because it meant that there was no, 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 no extra materials in, in, in waiting around. Everything was made as, as I, as I needed to get, I could, build a pair of skis, ship it out. But I did find that it became, it became too hard because in the wintertime, everybody wants to buy their skis and I needed to build throughout the whole year and, and sell during the winter to, to, to make, to make enough to, 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 to survive and, and to also not pull my hair out and work stupid hours in, in the winter. So, so I normally do four pairs at the same time and, and I do that through and, and, it's in that way I can, I can, I can get certain number of skis made within, within the period. And, and the summer period is the nicest time to build skis for me because it's light. Good, the materials don't get affected by the, the weather so much. Things are a bit more consistent. I can work outdoors. It plays a real big part to, for, for producing PFD skis that the environment is really um, key to, to a happy workplace. Basically the workshop is, in the countryside, the doors are open, and I can I can really enjoy my workspace. So, so summertime, I, I I turn out a lot of skis, and and it's it's about eight hours, no, sixteen hours. So two days per pair of skis, really. If I added all the time up from start to finish, um, so the sixteen hours is like spread over maybe a course of, of two weeks because it's a day to get. Not not a, not a full day, but a, a chunk of a day to get the skis in the press. Then it's half a day of of cutting the skis out and shaping, sanding. It's it's very labour intensive the way in which uh, PFD skis are made. So there's there's a lot of, of of work which goes into once they're cut out is sanding um, and varnishing. So each set of skis takes has five five layers of varnish. So you have to wait um, for them to cure. So it's not there's a lot, uh, a lot easier ways to produce um, a set of skis, but I can't uh, justify the. Yeah, it's 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 got to be how it is because that's what creates the special, the special how special they are. So I, I could, you know, it, it would be nice not to to you know just to cut them out and them to be ready to to be, to post, but but that's just not not the way it, it is to create them in this in this way. So um, they're um, it's about sixteen hours spread over two weeks. Wow, that's. Good. I mean, I, I I really respect the fact that you've got that la- level of um, craftsmanship, and you know, as you say, you know, if you wanted to, I'm not going to say cut corners, but if you wanted to do three coats of varnish, or you wanted to do a different process, you could do that and perhaps produce more skis. But that's not what the brand's about. The, the brand's no, exactly. about the way the way you've built it, I th- and I really respect that. I think that's 
That's really wonderful. And, and I, I would imagine your customers respect that as well. Hence the reason why they're making an investment with you. And one of the stories that I think is, is wonderful is I recognize obviously your uh, models change slightly, but you know, when you're doing perhaps your bespoke units, you know, you had the opportunity there to do a lot of personalization for some of the customers. Now, I don't know, do you still have that opportunity to do that for customers if, if they do want to have certain aspects personalized? Yeah, yeah, I do. That's that's also played a big role in how I changed to, to start building stock all year round for the different models. Not that I build huge amounts, but it gives me the opportunity then that I can work on an individual separate piece. So I, I, I don't, I try not to do a complete custom set of skis because it's, uh, you know, anything's possible in terms of the way in which, which I produce skis because I've got control over every aspect of it. So, so it is possible to do a complete custom pair, but in general, I, I try to steer away from it because it, um, it's, it's so much work when it comes to building new molds, new templates. So, so really with customization, it's normally a top sheet. So, which is, we, you know, I have a lot of people who purchase skis for gifts or companies, and then I can do subtle pieces on the, on the, on the top sheet, which, which makes them more individual for the, for the, the final user. But uh, for saying that, yeah, I've done some crazy uh, one-off designs and, and, and so on, but so next question, what, what's been the most memorable design that you've done for? Well, yeah, I've, I've done some, some, I've done, a, I did do a pair, which was, which the, the customer wanted just a ridiculously big powder ski. And I can't actually remember the, the, the underfoot size, what it was in the end, but it was, but it was, but it was ridiculous, but it was exactly what they wanted. It was huge, a, a very crazy top sheet of very colorful, different colors on the bamboo, but the bamboo grain still came through with a swallow tail. Yeah. So yeah, now there's been some unusual, unusual skis, but, but I do like to stick to the range, which I've kind of perfected over the years because uh, it gives complete confidence in, uh, in what, what it, what it will actually ski like at the end of the day. So, and the, the range of skis, is there three or four on the range? Well, yeah, <clears throat> there's currently three, the all mountain, the big mountain and the powder charger. And the, the, the benefit of the last, um, 18 months of um, this horrific yeah, period of time in terms of COVID is that it's given me the, the opportunity to work on new models, which is, which is, which is definitely been a great opportunity because um, in, in all the years which PFD has started, I've always been slightly, I wouldn't say chasing my tail, but not having the opportunity to, to give time to, to develop more, more new, new models. I've also just, I've always just tweaked the current designs and um, tried to um, always improve them. I've been now at the point where there's no more tweaking with those designs. And, and I've worked on a couple of new models. So a super light touring ski, which will be added to the range for next season. And then also a model called the Backcountry Charger, which is 108 underfoot, and it will bridge the gap between the All Mountain, which is 100 underfoot, and the Big Mountain Charger, which is 116. Um, just to kind of have a, a ski, which will be the 116, as I said earlier, is the big mountain and that's the flagship sort of original design, but might be, 116 might be a bit of a hand, um, a bit too much for some people for a free ride ski. So the 108 is, is bridging the gap between the all mountain and the big mountain. So yeah, so five models will be for next, next winter available.
Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Legends of the Brand. Hope you enjoyed yourself. Listen, drop us an email at info at legendsofthebrand.com. That's info at legendsofthebrand.com if you'd like to reach out and get in touch. And make sure to check out the show notes also at all the W's at legendsofthebrand.com. Take care. Have a great day. Bye-bye.